0: feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So today I'm super excited that I have my guest Maida Pasman on all the way from Cape Town, Africa. And I found Maida on uh, social media and she was responding to somebody I just found out who knew she got them. And in that connection, I was able to see who Maida was. And so I appreciate the lady in Serbia who asked the question that revealed this beautiful person I'm about to interview to me today. So thank you so much, Maida, for joining me on my podcast. I really appreciate your time today.
1: Well, Heather, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to do this. I mean, I've never done anything that is going to be mostly similar in my life. So I think that is going to be
0: awesome. Well, it's kind of cool because I've seen your bio. And for me to be a first, that's kind of cool because there's been a, there's going to be a lot of things we cover today. So thank you. So would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? I know you have lived many different places and had many different experiences. But would you mind sharing and, and telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself, please?
1: Um, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Maida and I'm 36 years old. Originally, I'm actually from Croatia, Europe. I moved to Cape Town, South Africa a year ago. Horses were always my passion. Like since I was five years old, I knew that horses is what I want to do. Um, even though I guess me coming from Croatia, that that's a bit um, not as easy. Um, as if you know maybe you're from the states and you know horses you can find horses around every corner and good trainers and good coaches and everything you know in Croatia it's not like that horses are not really a thing but not only that I always knew um I, I sort of always felt that I was born in the wrong side of the ro- world um I just wanted to be a cowgirl basically it's not even, it was not even. About the horses, I I just wanted to be a cowgirl. I wanted to go on cattle drives, uh, do everything cowboys do. And yeah, coming from Croatia, that that was even more difficult. You know, finding horses maybe a bit easier, but being a cowgirl that's like a completely impossible thing to do. And I I haven't followed that route my entire life because you know my parents were not supportive of the idea of you know riding horses for a living or even being a cowgirl. So I needed to go to college and do all of that stuff just to please my parents I didn't have a bad time doing it it's just that um yeah this is how it how it was so yeah and I basically wouldn't sit here in Cape Town today if it was not for horses and me following sort of my passion if if that's what you call it
0: wow <laughs> yeah I think everybody can resonate with uh, an aspect of their life where they went to college to please the parents and that can have many different faces. I took the job because it made sense on paper. I did the dee, did, did, dee, did, did, We've all done those things. So what did you take in college?
1: I studied languages. Um first of all I went something I went for something that was easy for me because I'm not a math person or science person or anything like that. So I just studied something that was I knew that I'd I would be able to, to finish easily, and that was languages. So I studied uh, two European languages. One one is Polish, and the other one is Slovenian. And then I, I got my master's degree in Polish language and Slovenian language and literature.
0: So not only you didn't stop at your bachelor, you went on for a master.
1: Yeah, uh, that's also one thing that Europe differs from the States. Okay. Education is free. Okay, nice, so, um, good. Yeah, by the government so you know
0: why not exactly (laughs) why not is right (laughs) did you work in the industry utilizing your languages for a period of time or did you yeah branch out and say "Nope, now i've done my schooling i'm gonna go become a cowboy like let's let's walk there it didn't really happen like that when i
1: graduated i actually found a job not really in the industry but they were looking for someone who can speak and speak slovenian and they needed someone who's going to translate the website for them and so on. And then I actually stayed with them for almost three years. But I got to a point, and it was it was quite a good job, and it was paying really okay. But somehow, I don't know if anyone knows the feeling, probably some people do. I was leading this pretty okay life at home, but I was feeling like I'm missing out on life. You know, you, you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, oh, there has to be more to life than this. You know sort of mm-hmm. so that, that that was me having my corporate job after graduating from college and yeah I, I knew that i cannot cannot live like this and i cannot you know retire like this it's just not no it was a no <laughs> nice. so it was a no. yeah and and before i graduated i participated in something that's called CCUSA, usa which is a work and travel program for america and what most of the people do so basically When you enroll in the program you have two options first option is that um, the agency can find you a job and why majority of people do it is they just want to you know travel america for the summer and they work for four months they did you know but they really really work you know 12 hours a day just to get as much money as possible so they can travel afterwards Uh, Um, but then the second option the program was offering was that you can find the job yourself mm. And I was like, yes, there's no way I'm going to work in a McDonald's for four months so I can go travel afterwards. So I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to find a job on the ranch because now this is my chance to be a cowgirl.
0: Oh, yay.
1: I decided a bit late in the year that I actually want to do it. So I didn't get to do it for the first year uh, for the full four months. So it was only for two and a half. But anyways, I found a job in, in Wyoming in the States on the ranch, on the guest range. And I went over for two and a half months and that was the feeling, you know, when, oh my goodness, I cannot even describe it. Like, the world is mine, you know, I was, mm. I was, for instance, driving from the ranch to, to to this little town called Cody, Cody, Wyoming, maybe like a 45 minute drive. And I would, I would be sitting in this, you know, pickup truck driving to town and it would be like, oh my goodness, the world is mine. You know, there is nothing I can do, like everything's possible. So anyways going now back to my my corporate job i knew the feeling that you know how i want to feel doesn't have to be all the time but i knew the feeling and not everything on the ranch was you know super awesome there was stuff that you know were not awesome but the overall feeling was that Mm. you know the world is mine yes so you know going back to my corporate job i knew that i knew the feeling and i was like no this cannot be my life you know it just cannot so yeah, basically yes. After college, I did I did work in the office for a while,
0: and then you got overwhelmed by I want the feeling.
1: Yes, so I did the States thing twice. So um, I came back the following year to the same place, and then I managed to stay for, for 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 the full four months. It was like the best time. I, I had the time of my life. Like it was it was just you know amazing. And after that, here I need to bring in my twin sister in the story. I have a twin sister, and we are both. We share our passion for horses. That that's our thing. And then that second year, I went to the states. We actually came back together. Nice. And that made everything even even better because it was our story.
0: It was our thing, and we were doing it in the states. Yeah. You know,
1: wearing cowboy hats, chasing horses around. It was just it was just awesome. So after we came back, we somehow decided that we need to do this for longer like 4 months was just not enough and then i found a job so i couldn't really go and explore the world as much but she fortunately could so she was sort of trying to find us a place where we can you know be cowgirls for an extended period of time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i mean it's not easy because you know there is visas involved and then work permits and all sorts of stuff so Pretty early, we sort of realized that it's not going to happen in the States just because of the the visa thing and work permits, and it's very difficult to get in. So she went to Mexico to see how Mexico is, what's Mexico like. And after five months, she decided that that's not going to work for us. So she came back home. She was behind the computer, I think Googling, I don't even know what she was Googling, but on some German website, she came across an ad that said, training of wild horses in Namibia. And she was like, oh, this is so me. I mean, uh. She sent an email to the to the people. And they actually called the same night. I mean, she saw this like very weird number calling on the phone. I was like, what is this? What is going on here? So there was people from Namibia calling. So anyway, they arranged a Skype interview. <clears throat> Not to mention that we had no idea where Namibia was. Just, no, just yeah. put that out there. You know, <laughs> to me, Africa is, you know... There is South Africa, and then there is Egypt up north, and there is nothing in between. So, so we then opened the map, and we're like, okay, let's see where Namibia actually is. So anyways, these people wanted—they had a cattle farm and a horse farm. They were breeding horses, but they had around about 300 horses that they couldn't feed. That they couldn't basically feed. those. You know, so many horses in the desert, so the horses were just roaming free in like this 18,000 hectares farm. Wow. And even though they were very well bred, because they actually were breeding quarter horses, which is quite funny. Yeah. Just because they, you know it was too many horses, they didn't have the manpower, they didn't have the food for them, so you know horses were basically growing up wild. So they were looking for some help with the horses. They they, they were looking for people that would not people. They were looking actually for one person that would come and help them with you know with the training and all of that. And then my sister, talking to them, she sort of mentioned that there's actually two of us. And uh, the owner was like, oh, awesome, even better.
0: Because life in the
1: desert gets really lonely. We're like, "Hmm, okay, whatever that means. (laughs) Anyway, they were um, super excited about having us. But then we sort of were thinking, okay, we cannot just pack up and leave for Namibia. How about my sister goes over for two months because I had a job so I couldn't just like, you know, take two months off. We decided that maybe she should go over for two months just to see the farm, the, the set up, the layout, meet the people, you know, because it was a big decision. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, we bought a ticket. She she went over to Namibia for two months. That was in 2015, over, over the summer. I think she stayed July and August or August and September, I'm not sure. And now the crazy part is, um, so the horses were wild. I mean, it's a whole different ball game to interact with a wild horse than to interact with, like, let's call it a normal horse. So, and they knew that. They got in touch through Martin Black of all people. So I don't know, maybe horse people, uh, if there would be any horse people listening to this. So Martin Black actually came to Namibia three times, I think, to do the clinics there. And now the owner of the farm was obviously one of the people at the clinic. And he asked Martin Black if maybe he knows of people that are willing to come to Namibia and show his son how to train wild horses. So at the time my sister was, was there, they had a couple from the States that um, that, that, that were running m M&M and horsemanship. And the guy, uh, Mark, Mark Lyon is his name, he won the Extreme Mustang makeover twice.
0: Wow. So okay. they really,
1: exactly, they really knew how to how to handle these horses. It was like, yeah. So my sister <laughs> got to spend two months with with someone who won Extreme Mustang Makeover twice and his wife.
0: <laughs> right. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. She said it was like a, the most overwhelming experience in her life.
0: Right. Just just
1: the way everything was, the, the way the horses were, the way these people were, the way they were training and handling the horses. It was just the way they were living. People on the farm, it was just like, yeah. But anyway, she loved it. She came back home, the owners of the farm applied us for the work permit, and we got it. Yeah, it took us a while to get our stuff in order at home, and we even took our dog with to Namibia. Oh, nice. It was also one of the, yeah, because we just, we didn't want to give her away or leave her with our mom. Like, I'm not saying my mom is a bad person, We just, we didn't think that she's gonna, we have a border collie that needs running and, you know, wide open spaces and stuff like that, and we thought, yeah. Gonna, and plus as far as we were concerned we were leaving forever so you know the dog needs to come with exactly <laughs> That's how you do it
0: exactly thank you so,
1: yeah so the dog was flying to namibia for yep. thing Aww. she had a time of her life so you know <laughs> the flight was a bit stressful even though we did make sure um she doesn't have any layovers yeah. so my parents took us to frankfurt so from croatia to germany Because from Frankfurt to Namibia, there was a direct flight. Oh, nice. So we drove for 1,000 kilometers from Croatia to Frankfurt in Germany. boarded a plane and then, yeah, so the dog would just have one flight. Um, Nice. That would be easier, easier on her.
0: Like, if that is not following intuition. And, I mean, that's not even where the story ends. I know that that's not where the story ends. (laughs) But... To go to the States, to land in a foreign country, just saying, I want to be a cowgirl. Let's go. I mean, if that doesn't inspire somebody to step a little bit outside their box, to follow their joy, I don't know what will. I think it's awesome. Like, wow. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I know it's a bit difficult for majority of people because they don't really know what they want. And that was one thing that I always had. I, I always knew that I, I want horses. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely had that part a bit easier than maybe majority of people. Mm-hmm. But um good point. When we actually received a call from Namibia from the from the farm owners telling us that we got the work permit, now this is something that everybody can do and as, as you said, like step out of the box, get out of your comfort zone. Because at that point, you know, I needed to resign my like a good secure job that would tie me over to retirement and, you know, leave all of that and just go to this farm in Namibia in some foreign country that I, I couldn't even imagine how it looks like, like life there and everything. And I just left everything. I mean, it was not easy. Now I, I make it sound easy, but I was, I remember the day that I went to my boss's office to tell him that I'm going to resign. I mean, I was shaking so, I mean, I was like out of my mind. I was sitting there on his couch waiting for him to come in. I was thinking, have I lost my mind? Like, what What the hell am I doing? Like, what What am I doing? <laughs> no, this is like, yeah, that was beyond, yeah, I was, I was really, it was not easy is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, even totally. though if, as I said, I think a lot of people don't really know what they want in life, which is fine. I'm not like. Um, which is fine, but yeah, stepping out of your comfort zone is definitely something people can do. This is actually what what this is about. It's yeah, like
0: totally.
1: I left my you know sorted life just to go to ride horses in Namibia. It's like what the hell is going on there? Like where is where is retirement there? Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> nowhere. But yeah.
0: So where have like that was that was five years ago now, right? 16? Yeah, we left in
1: 2016, and then yeah. we stayed until 2019. Right, um, mid 2019. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so that leap of faith, that stepping out of the comfort zone, have you regretted it?
1: Never. I, that was like one of one of the best decisions I've made in my life. Like, even though, as I said, sitting on the couch in my boss's office. I was thinking okay I've lost my mind this is it you know yeah. <laughs> I'm gone but looking back now of course it's always easier to look back and say okay oh, yeah, that was a good decision that was a bad decision 100% yeah but you know looking back because this is what it is yeah I mean in Namibia I met my boyfriend that is like the best person for me you know ever delightful yeah and then also Now I live in Cape Town, and I always knew, and it's always quite funny, I always knew that I don't belong in Croatia. I always knew that. I always knew that, even in high school. And I mean, I grew up in a small town, and Croatia is very... um, It's not like Germany. There's not a lot of cultures, a lot of mixtures. There's nothing. You know, there's only Croatians living there. Which, in a way, is nice, but, yeah, it's very... doesn't give you a perspective on anything you know the world is the world in living in Croatia, your world is very small Mm. especially growing up growing up in a small town like i did so even in high school and you know the world is bigger than this and i always somehow knew that i'm not gonna live in Croatia. i didn't know how it's gonna happen because i mean obviously how how would you know right but yeah taking that leap of faith moving going to namibia and then as i said i I met my, my boyfriend there and now I live in, in, in Cape Town. <laughs> like, right. Who would have thought? So yeah.
0: the next part of the story, still still doing horses.
1: At the moment, not. So I need to go back to Namibia now. We, we spent a year on the farm. Mm-hmm. And then the next two years, we, we lived at a lodge where we started the horse operation. I'm, I'm saying we because I did this with my sister.
0: Yes, so. yes. And then for the next two years, we lived
1: at a lodge where we started a horse operation from scratch for them. We bought the horses, trained them. But the tech, order the tech from South Africa, because mind you, there is nothing in Namibia. Yeah, and so on and so forth. And then after, okay, now I need to maybe describe a little bit how our life in Namibia looks like. So first of all, Namibia is the second least populated country in the world, meaning that the amount of people living per square kilometer is like nothing. You know, Mongolia is number one. Namibia is number two. Namibia is this huge country with 2.2 million people. There is absolutely no people in Namibia. <laughs> there is no cities. So there is one one real city, which is which is the, the capital. Everything else is. You know, people would would ask us, oh, which which which, which town do you live uh, live in? Like town. There is, we live on a farm. that's like a dot in the desert. There is no towns. First town is like 200 kilometers away. Town. Yeah. Also, the lodge. The lodge was also just a dot in the desert. There is, there is no towns. You know, you need to drive for 500 kilometers to get to the to to, to the capital, which is like the only real. It's not yeah. even a city. It's a town. Yeah. In Namibia. So when we lived on the, on the farm, we would buy. We would go to to Benito, to the capital, maybe once every three months, and then you buy your groceries for three months. Question mark. I've done it, and I don't know how. You know, how do you buy groceries for flipping three months? <laughs> wow. I don't know. Yeah. So after 3 years living like that, ah uh, it gets a bit too much. Fair and then also, you know, I I do need some civilization, you know. I, I really like to listen to jazz for instance, mm. you know. You know, you, you, you need some something else about the desert and horses. You know, just just a balance, you know. Right. So after 3 years living like that, yeah, we just decided that you know, maybe now it's enough. And then also you go to town and it's it and it's took Namibia and I mean there is nothing there right it's so difficult to explain you have one shopping mall right <laughs> one you can go to the movies the end right I just started feeling that I need a little bit more people and more civilization so, so to speak
0: yeah
1: so yeah anyway so we left Namibia after three years and then uh, but we still, still didn't feel like we are done with horses so my sister went to Mozambique then. So she stayed there for six months. She was also working at the lodge. They also had horses. So she was taking people out, um, outright. And I went to Austria, which is much closer to home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was working because also it's European Union. So it's very easy to. There's no work permits and all of that stuff. Right, so that's easy. Right. True. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Austria. I was working in a small dressage farm, which was an, a nice experience. But as I said, I'm a cowgirl. I'm not. Riding in Europe is just not my thing. Right. <laughs> um, so after, yeah, it's just it, it's just not. And Namibia was wide open spaces. You know, it was just like a. It, it was not Wyoming. Right. But it was really close. And then you go to Austria, which is like nothing like it. And after a little bit over a year, I was like, okay, no, I, I maybe need to, you know, do something else. Even though the people in Austria were really nice, they're really good with their horses. But I embarked on this horsemanship journey in twenty twelve and you know as as Robin Schiller said, once you see you cannot unsee. And then as I said they were good with their horses but there was again a lot of stuff that they were doing that I just I thought I'm not gonna say it's you know wrong but you know as I said you see and then you cannot unsee.
0: It didn't resonate anymore what they were doing. Maybe.
1: Exactly, exactly yeah. and yeah, exactly. And then I decided okay maybe I just need to move away from like horses as a career <laughs> yeah just to just do, do something else and also at that point as I said I met my boyfriend in Namibia he's a pilot so he was flying rich tourists around this is how we met because we were working at this really really fancy lodge so one day he just you know landed at a lodge with some rich people that was quite funny yeah so this is how we met he's South African by the way that's why I'm in Cape Town right now okay and, yeah, we had a long-distance distance relationship for quite a while. And also, when I decided to leave Austria, it was also because of one of the reasons was also that I just wanted to spend more time with him and maybe see how we can, you know, make it work Figured a bit it. better. Mm-hmm. And a year ago, then I, then I came to Cape Town.
0: Cool. Yes. <laughs> so, I know that, you know, intuition is... You can't have a life with those dots on the map and not have intuition. So it's just that simple to me. So how does intuition come to you? How do you get it? Like, is it in your body? Do you hear it? Do you know? Like, what what is, how how does it speak to you, quote unquote, speak to you?
1: Okay, one thing is that sometimes, but this is also like a fine line, sometimes when it's too complicated, then I sort of decided maybe this is not the path. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to give an example, for instance, if it needs to happen, then it will just happen automatically, if that makes sense. So, I wanted to go to the States, and it was just so complicated. Now, I could, I could have, you know, find someone who's going to marry me, and, you know, I'm going to pay that person to, you know, how people get green cards in all sorts of scammy ways. So, that is definitely an option, but in my mind, that's too complicated. Like, way too complicated. And then, yes. if something needs to happen, then it's just going to happen easily. Like, this Namibia thing. I mean, we just got the work permit. Like, how? I don't know how. But what I actually wanted to say, when we applied for the, for the work permit, we decided, okay, if we get it, then it doesn't matter how, how scared we are, we will go. Because obviously, then this is the way we need to sort of take. Because... I saw the work permit as a as door opening. Right. So then it doesn't matter how scary it is, we're just going to do it. And then uh, it, it gets very complicated when it comes to intuition because there is also, you know, maybe this will sound a bit out there.
0: Nothing sounds out there on um, this podcast. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Because, you know, there's all this personality that my ego has built for me for all sorts of different reasons to protect me to, you know, whatever. And then it's sometimes difficult for me to see, okay, this seems a bit complicated, but is it complicated because this is not the path I I should take? Or is it complicated because I'm making it complicated for myself, meaning I need to process some stuff that are preventing me to be where I want to be. And then Mm -hmm. going down that route would actually help me process the stuff that are holding me back. Right on. that makes sense.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Totally. Great.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's
0: so an it's, excellent distinction because, yeah, we can throw tons of roadblocks in our way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So what is complicated? Right. What is complicated? Is it, is it my subconscious making it complicated or is it actually complicated? Right. And that's not the root. So I'm, I'm also not 100% sure if, if, what is intuition and is it really now my intuition speaking to me or it's difficult. I don't know something that I think about almost daily Mm. like is this like my subconscious telling me this is the right way or this is something that I need to work through and then it's going to be the right way after I work through my blocks
0: yeah it's almost like where are the blocks coming from external or internal
1: exactly yes I've done the Namibia thing and some other stuff that were also quite. It's just, I don't know what to tell you.
0: (laughs) No, you really, you are explaining something that I'm sure has impacted many, many people and they've just never put the words on it. And you've put words on it. And it is so true (laughs) that when life is easy we just do the next thing do the next thing do the next thing mm-hmm. right and it's just like it unfolds it's like the road just is like unfolding in front of us and we're like i don't even know where this is going but i'm just mm-hmm. it's it's rolling out like a red carpet in front of me so let's just follow that red carpet and even the yeah. red carpet can have oh it was rolled up wrong and so it's a little bit yeah. bound up or whatever the case may be and sometimes the red carpet has several different ways you could go and <laughs> right and i just no, that's, the, that's the visual that's running in my head as you're describing this and so so in one sense you're just doing the next thing intuitively because it's easy or you're stopping and saying okay do i have crap that i have to work through yeah. because i am putting a log on this red carpet i think i know that i'm supposed to keep going on this red carpet but i have to process my fear get over my jealousy or get over my whatever and yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. No,
1: but, uh, yeah, sorry for interrupting. Like for instance, no, no. um, I, I can just compare like where I am now in life as as opposed to say Namibia. Mm-hmm. Not Namibia is an experience, just Namibia how it unfolded so e- easily, let's say. Yeah. But for instance, now I'm in South Africa, unemployment rate in South Africa is forty five percent. It's, yeah. it's like flipping a lot and i know that ethnicity is a problem these days in the world or i'm just going to say it because i don't mean anything by it right so i'm a foreigner and i'm white and there is no way on earth i'm going to find a job in even though i do hold a work permit quite finally right. there is no way i'm going to find a job in this country i'm just the wrong color and i'm a foreigner the end right so now what what i started doing since i came here i did some courses i gave it quite a bit of thought like what is The next thing I want to do in life, Uh, since I said, okay, horses are not working out for me at this point. Maybe having my own horse would be nice, but yeah, not yet. So I decided, okay, let's try to do digital marketing. So I did some courses uh, and now what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to start, start my own business in a sense, but it's not really working out as I would hope. Mm-hmm. So now, talking back about intuition. Now, for instance, with with this, I'm not sure if this is the right way because it's not really working out as I would hope. Or there is something in me that's holding me back. Is it, you know, fear right. of success? I don't, I don't even know. You know, fear of having a lot of money. I, I I've got no idea. It right, be, it can be like a lot of stuff. Yeah. But now, as I said, I, I think about it daily, almost daily, not really daily. But now I sit in front of this situation in my life and I'm actually thinking, okay, is it the fact that it's not working, this is not the path I should take? Or, you know, I have a lot of wrong patterns that I follow and I should actually get rid of them, work through them, and then stuff will unfold as Namibia, for instance, did. So just to to give a comparison. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And what pops in my head because this may help others too cuz that's that's a real yeah. thing going on in today that is such a real thing for everybody now our current circumstances has made everything digital possible and the world is your oyster as far as clients are concerned when you're digital you you don't need to yeah. be a person in you could be servicing the american market you could be servicing the european market yeah. right yeah. The missing yeah. component in what you're saying in the difference between your folded out easy and this one is I'm going to ask you, what is the joy factor in relation to where um, you're going right now?
1: Very good question. Very good question. I actually really like digital marketing stuff. I didn't study marketing. I, I was never in marketing. Okay. I mean, I was digital enough, you know, mm-hmm. tech savvy, you know, like, like, the next person, I guess. I'm not... I, I cannot code, obviously. That's definitely not something for me. But the first course I took was an awesome course. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is awesome. It's, like, awesome stuff. There you go. Yeah. I was like, okay, I really picked... But I mean, it took, like, three months of really digging and, and researching what, what could be this thing that I could do.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, yeah, stumbling... No, not really stumble upon it. But, yes, maybe I did. Um, <laughs>
0: that's I'm a like, red carpet, my dear. so...
1: Yeah, there is so much, you know, there is paid advertising, there is this, there is that, there is sales funnel, there is, you know, SEO, and there is, you know, you name it, social media, whatever, you name it, it's there. Um, And I was like, wow, this is so awesome. Okay, there's a lot that I don't know, but I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying this, Yeah. but as I said, it's just not really working out.
0: (laughs) So honestly, what popped in my head is marry your two loves become a digital marketer for the horse industry
1: you know what i wouldn't believe <laughs> come to intuition uh-huh. now we can go back i'm very trying to be aware of stuff that is going through my head mm-hmm. obviously it's not easy because there is a lot of junk and all sorts of stuff that is going through my head but i'm sort of trying to notice if it's something that's coming from intuition or if it's something that's coming from like a the wrong part of me i was going to say wrong but yeah so a week ago, another part. I was doing, maybe I just woke up, and I was like, oh my goodness, because in digital marketing and marketing in general, everybody is always saying you need to find your niche, you know, yeah, you yeah. cannot, yeah, you just need to niche, and I was like, what What I would actually enjoy even more is to, as what you said just now, marry <laughs> the two, and I was like, okay, but who are these people with horses, it's riding school, it's this and that, and what I started doing yesterday, I was I was starting to put together my ideal client avatar, and you know who are these people? You know how can I help them? Force people. This is this is literally what I started doing yesterday. Perfect. Put, uh, yeah, you were spot on, spot on. I was thinking just that. Because then I would love this even more.
0: Ah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I cannot believe you actually just said.
0: I can. It. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I
1: had the same idea.
0: <laughs> and that people is how intuition works.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And what I also I would like to add about intuition is that these things usually come to me when I like let go of trying to trying to make it happen. Yes. Because I started this Four months ago, I'm doing a little bit of work for some other people, but I would really like to do my, my like, little agency thing. Um, And I knew that I need to find, you know, my ideal client, my niche, and all of that, but it was just not coming to. So I was like, okay, you know what? I don't know what what it will will be, so I'm just going to let it go, whatever. And it literally came to me four months later, last week. I was like, horses. I mean, it was actually right in front of me. Horses are my thing anyways, you know? And so I was like, yes, maybe there is a market out there for, for what I do in horse industry, why not, you know?
0: So, there so anyway. is, I can't even tell you, there so is.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Now I'm gonna start working in that direction. But to me, it was also, I needed to let go, really let go of the idea. The same way I met my boyfriend. I just, it happened at a time where I was not thinking about it at all. And then he landed. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> like this, this is how universe will align, you know? Yes. He dropped from the sky.
0: Literally. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I'm not going to say a constant struggle to, you know, let go. It is, for me it is. It's a struggle because we are all so much in our heads and like to overthink. And I'm really working toward emptying my head and just, you know, just letting go. And it's not easy. I must say it's not easy. Sometimes I get it right and then I meet, you know, an awesome guy for me or I have this great idea or (laughs) whatever it is.
0: I suggest you go find some horses in Cape Town and go volunteer and hang out with them and they will empty your head.
1: That is true. Yes,
0: definitely. I am so blessed that you have shared so much with us today because there are so many nuggets in what you shared today. It's fantastic
1: that's awesome i really enjoyed this and thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me
0: yeah well like i told you before i now have a new light bright in my light bright board (laughs) and we will be talking i'm sure great
1: great sounds
0: awesome until next time
1: (laughs) yes yes
0: Bye. bye thank you so much for giving us your time today we truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.